0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of our podcast, Talking Murder with My Mother. And here is my mother, Maggie. Hi. And I am Sonia, your host. And here we are again with some stories that we are going to be sharing, or I will be sharing with my mother that she has never heard, true crime related. I have a few side stories today that I found in the newspaper article. I don't like calling them side stories. That's the thing. I got to come up with a name for them. They're like articles that I'm finding... ...as I'm looking for the murders that I'm researching. So, I don't know what to call them, but I'll figure something out. So, Mother, how are you today? Oh, peachy. Okay. So, today, first one, going back to 1928.
1: How many first ones do we have? There's there's a few short ones. Ah. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, strange, odd tales on the side pieces that I found in, in newspapers. So, first one, 1928, Detroit, Michigan. We have. Where they make cars. Where or they made, made cars. Made cars, make cars. Uh, his name is Joseph Fiore. Sounds Italian. Is Italian. Oh. Born in Italy. Oh. Moved to the States.
1: Wow. Immigrated. Do-
0: Yeah, don't don't know how young, super young, because when we're talking about the beginning of this story, which is May 29th, 1928, he's 12.
1: Okay, so he was born in 16.
0: Yeah, and at some point he came over. I can't find his travel records coming over, but that's fine. So the headline reads as follows from Defiance Crescent News, May 29th, 1928, Detroit, Michigan. A 12-year-old boy who interfered in a quarrel between his father and his stepmother shot and killed the father and then fled to the home of his stepmother's parents was being questioned by police today. The boy is Joseph Fiore. His father was Sam Fiore, Samuel Fiore, 33, a native of Italy who came to this country, oh, here you go, 10 years ago. He was separated from his first wife. Right? So he's 12, and he shot his dad. So... Another little article that I find from the same day. An hour after he had seen his stepmother beaten severely by his father, Joseph Fiore, 12, last night shot and killed his father, Sam Fiore, and then fled to the home of his stepmother's parents for protection. Quote, he's 12. I wanted to teach him a lesson, Joseph told William D. Brustar, assistant prosecutor today. Quote, I wanted him to stop hurting my mother. I didn't mean to kill him. Close quote. Joseph was in the juvenile detention home today. Okay, then another... Mother
1: or stepmother? Stepmother. Okay, because he said mother, that's why I'm... Because he
0: considers her his mother, yeah. Okay. That's what I figured too, but it's his, it's his stepmother. So, he's a well-to-do trucking contractor, the father, and the kid gets held in juvenile detention. So, it says, Enraged because his father had beaten his stepmother, Virginia, who's 27, father's 33. He's in fifth grade. He obtained a revolver. So he watches his dad beat his stepmom, somehow obtains a revolver, don't, I have no idea where, it, I, I, and followed his father to the street and shot him.
1: So that gun had to be in the house. I, I mean, get, that, you can't just go, there's a fight and then go, I don't know, I mean, I don't know. buy a gun and then No, well, back. he's
0: 12, he had to go find it somewhere, I mean, well, I don't know.
1: Obviously it was in the house.
0: Quote, from the child again, and I would do it again if he tried to harm my stepmother. Joseph declared, according to the police, "This this kid's got some balls."
1: Well, at that time you had to grow up really fast, right? You weren't twelve; you were you were a hundred at that point. But this this kid's because got some balls. These, these kids all, you know, in, in that era, um, you either were born extremely extremely rich or you were extremely extremely poor. It was a look like, a very small middle class, a little bit like today, and and you have to fight for everything. And I guess, and he's an immigrant. And he's an immigrant, which made it doubly hard. And it's 1928. Uh, It's 1928.
0: So it says in another newspaper article, young Fiore, who readily admitted the shooting, told police his father had instructed Mrs. Fiore to change a tire on one of their two automobiles. Through a misunderstanding, the boy said, Mrs. Fiore changed the tire on the wrong car.
1: So uh, they had two cars. That's...
0: Because he was—I told you—he
1: was a yes. He was a, a trucking contractor. A, tr- a trucking comp. But I mean, that—that's wealth for that time period.
0: Okay. So she. So, yeah. So she. She changed the tire on the wrong car. <laughs> when
1: fuck, I would have changed the wrong tire. Let me tell you. <laughs> to this day, I oh, don't know which one to change.
0: We forgot, so we're throwing it in the disclaimer. Yeah, we haven't done it yet, but there's going to be swearing, coarse language, uh, talking about. Violent, sick shit. So, if you don't like it, you can fuck off now. And if not, well, then we will keep going. So, it says, When Fiori came home tonight and discovered the mistake, he became abusive and struck his wife with a strap, the boy said. Oh. <laughs> Young Fiori said he then obtained a pistol and followed his father to the street and shot him down. Mrs. Fiori corroborated the boy's story. Where, again, he got put in the detention, the juvenile detention. So... This is an hour in between the time he sees the beating, by the way, and he kills his father. There's one hour. That's what it states in this little newspaper article so here. May- so maybe he had time to go buy a gun. <laughs> I, I, At 12 years old, I can't assume with, you know, good logic that he can buy a gun. But I guess maybe he he either in the house or he went to a family member's house and got one that he knew was there or a friend's father that he knew he got one. I mean, I don't know. It, it never tells us.
1: Anything is possible.
0: It never tells us. It, it just says... The boy said he comforted, well, Joseph said his father took off his belt and beat his stepmother. The boy said he comforted her, and when his father returned an hour later, he took a loaded revolver from the elder Fiore's room. There you go. Here's another article. There's the gun. And met him in front of the home, firing one shot. Fiore died instantly.
1: Wow, he's a good shot for a 12-year-old. I mean, shit.
0: You know? I mean, I am I mad at this kid? Not really. I can't say that I'm mad at him. I mean, he's beating the shit out of the woman for changing the wrong tire on a car. I mean, what the fuck's wrong with you?
1: <sighs> Does the story get more complicated?
0: No, not really. It says, boy defense stepmother, been, quote unquote, she's been awfully good to me. The lad sobs in the detention home. Um, so, again, same same stuff says the quotes that he says. And it says... Joseph's father recently bought his wife a new car and beat her because she had not changed the tires on it as instructed (laughs) earlier in the day. Um, And after the shooting, he ran three miles to the home of his grandmother, but his grandmother being her mother, Mm. right? His His step-grandmother. His step-grandmother, right. I wanted to teach my dad not to hurt my mother. He had hurt her before, and I had promised mother that I would protect her. Even though she isn't my real mother, she has been awfully good to me.
1: So am I, which wasn't usually the case. Also, in those times, right? Stepmothers, stepmothers were little bitches. If they had, well, I mean, if she didn't have her own children, right? I mean, she might have. That might different. Assumed or taken the, the the leap of being his mother, and um, that's that's unusual because again, most stepchildren don't exactly like their step. Yeah, I mean, I, this
0: lady had to be like a saint, you know, because he he loved her enough to kill his, his own father, father. right? So, I know you guys can't see this. Again, obviously, I'll put it on the online where we... And again, I don't have the social media up yet, which you would think I would, but I will. And uh, by the third episode, I promise I will. And I will put all the pictures. So, I'm going to show my mother. On trial for killing father, Joseph Fiore, 12 years old, is charged with shooting and killing his father, Sam Fiore, operator of a trucking agency in Detroit when the latter struck Mrs. Fiore. Shown with his stepmother. So, there is Joseph with his stepmother, Virginia.
1: Oh, what a handsome little guy isn't he
0: he's cute he's huh?
1: adorable
0: and here he is again with his in another i guess another photographer from the you know the.
1: he's absolutely handsome he's adorable his, his stepmom is not bad either she's, nope you know got the almost the um what is it the 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 roman nose yeah but she's not step-mom. italian Oh, she's not.
0: No, because her last name I found out, her married name is Fiori, but her real uh, maiden name is uh, Gruzzi. G R U T Z E. Oh. Gruzzi. So I don't know what it the could, hell they
1: No, it could, that could also be Italian. Maybe.
0: I don't know. I thought it maybe sounded more. you understand more
1: when some people came Polish, over? Or, uh, maybe
0: I'm wrong. I don't know what the hell I'm if talking about.
1: people came over on the boat, a lot oh, of okay. times their names were written it, right, wrong yeah. as well, right?
0: Yeah, you'd never know. And there is a picture of just a little boy in the newspaper as well. And again, this kid is 12.
1: So, oh, I did it because he was whipping mother.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's calling his stepmother his mother, you know, so yeah. there's got to be some yeah, kind of bond him. there that goes beyond. I mean, he killed his own father again. He's so.
1: absolutely adorable. Yeah. I mean, he is, he's got these, it's kind of hard to tell, but again, it's black and white, but I mean, wow. Yeah. He's,
0: he's super cute. And, and so I tried to figure out what happened to this kid because I'm sure he went to juvenile detention for at least a short time. Cause how can you not?
1: And then I find... But he he if he went to trial... I mean, not trial.
0: He just would have gone to juvenile detention.
1: Oh, he didn't go to, to actual... Mm. He was I, tw- I guess, guess he was 12.
0: I can't find anything that says that he did any time, really. But then I found this state of Michigan from the Bureau of Vital Statistics. And I find a birth certificate... For a John Fiore, so the kid is Joseph, and this, again, he killed his father in 1928. This is a death certificate for a John Fiore, born in what would have been 1919, so nine years prior to...
1: Then it can't be him.
0: No, it's not him. It's his brother who died at Stillborn. Oh. So I find this, and it pops up because it says the father is Sam Fiore and the mother is Virginia Gruzzi.
1: So that might have been his half-brother.
0: It would have been his half-brother, right? Uh-huh. So, but it says under age, years, birth... I mean, years, months, days under the birth, it's crossed out because he was stillborn. And then off to the right over here, it says stillborn, and I'll put that up online too. But yeah, so poor Virginia. She lost a baby. Who knows? Maybe uh, Sam beat it out of her. I don't fucking <coughs> know. I just... I, I mean, this guy sounds like a fucking asshole. So he's dead. And then I find... I'm getting sad because I can't find anything on this kid. And I'm like, what happened to this kid? So then I find a marriage license from 1934. So again, he killed his father in 1919. So that's 15 years later.
1: 1928.
0: I'm sorry. He killed his father in 1928. Why did I say 1919? Oh, because that's when the brother would have been brother. born. So 1928. So now it's 1934. He's 19 years old, it says. And it says, Joseph Fiore marriage license... And Ms. Grace Drupewski, Drapewski and it says Detroit, Michigan, and then it says mother's maiden name is Virginia Gruzzi. So I'm like, oh shit, awesome, she's still alive, this lady. And I found a- Well, she
1: doesn't have to be alive.
0: Oh, she's I mean, alive all right, and she lives, and I found like a census record where she was still alive- and at one point, she was, like, living with her brother-in-law. Mm. So they're still alive. And then it says the parents of, of Grace, who are Louis and Pauline. And I cannot pronounce her mother's maiden name. Let me try. The bride. Oh, my God. Here. Enjoy that. It? It's got, it's got 17,000 letters. Do you see it right there? It starts with the W, Josephine, or whatever. What would you? Go ahead.
1: Ogybowski. Okay. At least that's what it looks like. Go ahead and, go ahead and spell it for people listening. W-O-J, it looks like O-I-E, uh, Chowski, C-H-O-W-S-K-I.
0: I don't know how to pronounce it. So uh, that,
1: that sounds Polish. Uh,
0: that does sound Polish, right? That's why I'm thinking the Grudzi maybe was Polish. I don't know. So I found that. So he got married to this nice young lady named Grace who, if I'm not mistaken, she's actually even older than him. She's a couple years older than him. Oh, wow. Not by much, but she is a little bit... I think she was a little bit
1: older. like a cougar.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And then, then sadly, I can't find, like, a death certificate or anything for them, so hopefully I hope it pops up on, like... Because when I do research, just so everybody knows, I kind of put, like, little blinkers wherever I'm researching so that if anything new pops up on those people or those family trees or whatever it tells me, and I actually have an update from the last case from the first episode of Rovilla... And uh, Wilson Bertram Highwarden, I found, I found more of their family.
1: Mr. Mister, I Killed my, my Wives? Yeah, Mr.
0: I Killed All My Wives. Um, yeah, I found, I found more of his family. So this poor kid, Joseph, he finally, you know, gets out of juvie, whatever happens. He gets married, hooray. But then I find this, and I can't find his death certificate or anything, but I find this, also a certificate of death, and it is 1942. And they got married in 1934, and it says, Renald R-E-N-A-U-L-D, Ronald Salvatore Fiore. And it says he was alive for three hours. So their their kid was stillborn. Joseph and Grace. That is who is listed on here. Joseph Fiore and Grace Strapiewski. And after that, I can find no... And the writing on here is so poor that I cannot really tell what the actual cause of the it wasn't really stillbirth, he was alive for three hours technically. But it's there's something here written and it's so like chicken scratch that it's it's really awful. I don't know if you can see it, Mom, but it's over here. Like three lines.
1: Oh my goodness. It's hard, right? It's like
0: these soft Oh, make. it
1: says something respiratory. Yeah, but and uh Oh my goodness. It's fucking hard, right? Yeah. yeah. This was like oh, it looks like looks looks like the handwriting of the doctors eye work with. That's that's it, it. It's chicken scratch. It's hieroglyphics. It's like I can't read it. I it does say respiratory. That much I can see. Yeah,
0: I mean I assume he had some kind of breathing issue if he was a stillborn. So and, ag- I mean, and
1: again at that time. Yeah. Okay. Oh, congenital. Congenital up at the top. Congenital. How the hell do you know it's congenital? Oh, that. Well, I'm just I'm just saying. Hydrocephaly.
0: Oh. Okay, so if he's hydrocephalic, Jesus, you're reading more than I could.
1: Yeah, well, kind of, Yeah, again. If he's
0: hydrocephalic, I mean, that's, chances are back then, too, it's 19-what? When
1: when you sometimes have to read some of these doctor's recommendations. Yeah, it's 1942. You kind of have to learn to read some chicken scratch.
0: Well, that, unfortunately, is the short little story of Joseph Fiore. Killed his own father, saved his stepmom, got married, don't know what happened to him after that. I hope something pops up because I have, I have no, I really have no clue what happened to him. I really hope something pops up. So, going back to the first episode we did, we did Wilson Bertram High Warden, who killed his first wife, Ada Anderson, Ada Anderson Roberts, and uh, Rovilla Moss Everett High Warden. So, I get this little ping in my email two days ago, and it says, um, Richard H Munford. Now again, where does the Munford come into that to that story? So, if you remember, he had a daughter named Grace from the the first wife, the first wife. It was like his youngest daughter, mm-hmm. and I couldn't figure out how she became a Munford because I had the marriage certificate for her marrying a John Williams. Yes. But she already had the last name Munford. Well, turns out I find this, it comes up Richard H. Mumford was deceased in 1994 on my birthday, June 1st, 1994. This guy kicked the bucket in Brecksville, Ohio, at the Veterans Administration Medical Center. He was 59. He was African American. So, all right. So far, so good. It's all matching up with the story. And then it says, birth date 1935. And I'm like, well, wait a second. And then it says, father surname Mumford. Mother's surname, High Warden. So he is Grace High Warden, the youngest daughter of the killer. He is... Son. It's her son. Yeah. It's Mr. Killer Man's, I kill my wife's nephew. Yeah. He died at 59 on my birthday in the hospital, which looks like a VA hospital. Um, Wait a second, nephew or grandson? I'm sorry, grandson. Thank you, Ma. You're welcome. Thanks, grandson. Yeah. Fucking stupid. So... Um, they, she had a kid with the Mumford guy before she married John Williams. So I'm like, oh, okay, I found I found another family member. That's good. And then for some weird, inexplicable reason, it also comes up, which, and I'm sorry, my email just decided to kind of take a bit of a crapper. I have to pull it back up. But um, it gave me this other search to go into a family tree, and when you go into it, It says Catherine Everett. And Catherine is not spelled with a K. And in the newspaper article, it was spelled with a K. So I'm like, okay. And it says her death, 8th of February, 1936. Dayton, Montgomery, female, 21, single, colored, domestic, was her occupation. Her birth date was the 14th of June, 1914, in Ohio. It says, birth year estimation, 1915, because they're not really sure. 1914, 1915. And when you scroll across, for her parents, it says, Walter Everts, not Everett, and it's spelled wrong. Could it be a typo. It It's two typos, because somehow this family search place... Connected the names that I was trying to figure out
1: well, because... Well, yes, K, Catherine, I mean, some people might just write it down as K or... Right, C? but
0: even the mother and the father's names are all jacked up. Walter is not Everett, it's Everts, E-V-E-R-T-S, and the mother is Rovella, not Rovilla, and it goes by Moss, not Everett. So they got her maiden name right, and I kept searching for Moss as well because I knew that was her maiden name. And it gives me... Her death certificate, and Catherine is the, remember I found Marsha, their Mm -hmm. oldest daughter. Their oldest daughter. This is their second oldest daughter. Now remember, their oldest daughter, I found that she was a widow and she had died peacefully in some old folks' home in 1999 as well. Just like Mm -hmm. her cousin, her, that's her nephew. Same year as her nephew, okay, which I just found, Mr. Mumford, but Richard Mumford. But I look at this and I get the death certificate for this and it says certificate of death from the state of Ohio, And it's from the year 1936, and it says, age, 21 years, 7 months, and 25 days. So she did not live a long life. She only lived till she was 21. And it says, Walter Everett's and Ravella Moss, as her parents, and under the cause of death, it states pulmonary tuberculosis. Well, that was common enough. And I was like,
1: fuck, that sucks. Again, the times. Yeah. She probably would not have died of that. No.
0: And so no. she was like a... Uh, what do you call it? I'm sorry. The What's the word? A domestic. That's what they used to call them back then. She was like a housekeeper. She was a maid. Yeah, maid. Thanks. She, uh, yeah. And that's kind of sad. You know? Because we don't know what happened to her between the, the oh. home... When her mom was murdered and, and her, obviously she got a job, right? But I don't, she didn't live past 21, almost 22, which I thought was sad. So those are the updates on the, no, that's the house phone. Sorry, everyone. We thought we turned that off. Clearly we did not. We'll do that right now though. Um, sorry about that. If it, Last time it was the cell phone. Now it's the house phone.
1: And... Was that anyone we want to speak to?
0: It's, we'll call them back.
1: And who is that?
0: Uh, We're doing the podcast, so we'll call them back. Um, You can't call them now. No, just let me have the phone. No, we're recording. We can deal with it after. It's not important. So those are the updates from the last one. They gave me the uh, the little blips that I had some information on, an old case, and that is that one. So, here is... The rest of the little mini side stories, nothing too crazy, nothing too long, but I found them and I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me with these stories. So uh, mostly from 1928. So I find this one, which is amazing, and it's called March 5th, 1928, and the title of the headline is Paid Mother for His Child Bride. I swear to God. And it reads as follows. When woman changed her mind, elderly suitor shot girl and himself. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And it says, Chicago, March 5th. For several years, elderly Steve Sisk... And again, I don't know how to pronounce Skisgove, had admired little Stephanie... N- oh my God. N- I'm sorry, I'm butchering this shit. Naruzuch, who was 36 years his junior...
1: Oh, ich.
0: Yeah. Disgusting. Steve waited impatiently for Stephanie to grow up and finish school.
1: By the time she finished school, he was like in his frickin' 50s.
0: Yeah. Ugh,
1: disgusting. He hoped to make her his wife. Ach.
0: Ach. Steve even gave Stephanie's mother $7,500 that he had for her approval of the intended marriage. That's a lot of moolah. Back in 1928, yeah, it was a nice chunk of change. That was a year ago, meaning 1927 that happened. Meanwhile, Stephanie's mother changed changed her mind. Changed her mind.
1: Oh, she changed her mind.
0: Changed her mind. She refused to accept the elderly suitor as a son-in-law. Steve filed suit to recover the money, but the suit was dismissed. Yesterday, Steve went to Stephanie's home where he had been a rumor. He slipped past the mother into Stephanie's room where Stephanie, a child of 14, lay sleeping. Three shots were heard. Stephanie died with a bullet through her heart. Then came another shot, and Steve, wounded by his own hand, died two hours later.
1: He should have just shot himself and just left well enough alone. Seriously. So, I want to say pedophile, because... Yeah, the only, the only problem with all of that is that a lot of young girls were being married off at that's, 14, uh, 15 years old. That's my thing, at so that's time, why I'm not like I'm screaming not, it
0: at the rooftops. I I'm just, not
1: I'm not saying it's not disgusting, but... But uh, 36 years is
0: junior, she was 14, man.
1: Which made him in his 50s. 50.
0: He was 50 already. So like, if she was 18, that would have been 54 years old. Like, again, you can do whatever you want when you're 18, I guess, but like, geez, Jesus Lord, what gross gross like yeah you're impatiently waiting for her to grow up and finish school like fuck there's no women between the ages of 18 already and Again, maybe something wrong with the with the the head i don't i don't <laughs> something know something off by him. i i don't know there wasn't really too much i looked for other articles to kind of see well, what the that hell was probably just I a mean, blip well he's dead she's dead I money. don't really care what happened to her mother. I mean, her mother took seven thousand five hundred dollars. He didn't even entertain the idea at her daughter's age of thirteen. No, she
1: entertained the idea of having the money, and then
0: well, then you're her. a then you're a rag and a yes. bitch because you yes. lied to this man. So if she had so really, you're a if, sicko.
1: if she had agreed, then she would have been sick in the head. And the fact that she took the money, knowing fair you know fully well that she wasn't going to give her up, also makes her a greedy grub, but.
0: greedy grub, I like that. (laughs) You
1: like the greedy grub. A greedy grub. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's basically what she is. So, okay. So we got that one. So that's one little... Blurb. Blurb from the paper. Then we got another one here. March 5th again, same day.
1: Wow. It just seems to be... Yeah, we got...
0: I swear to God, I swear to God, they're all from... Four of them are from March 5th, and one of them is from like four days later. So this one reads... Bride and bandit are near death. I like this one. Cleveland druggist attacked by robbers shoots and wife badly wounded when robber returns fire. So Cleveland two persons, one a bride of three weeks, were near death in hospitals, where today as a result of a gun battle, Sunday between a druggist and two holdup men. the injured Mrs. Ruth Taylor Polk, nineteen, wife of joseph Polk, twenty seven. And Sam Carcioni, 21. So those are the wounded people. Sam Carcioni is one of the the bad guys. Mrs. Polk is in St. Luke's Hospital with two bullets, one thought to be lodged in her spine, which may paralyze her for life if she recovers. Carcion has a bullet wound over the heart. The shooting occurred as Polk and his wife were leaving their drugstore. Polk was ordered to put up his hands. Polk whipped out a gun and started firing. The robbers returned his fire and Mrs. Polk fell to the street. But his... And then one of the holdup men was wounded, but his companion dragged them to an automobile and the pair escaped. Police say Carcione, who later appeared at Charity Hospital for treatment, was one of the men. A second was held at the Central Police Station, who police say has admitted being in Carcione's company early Sunday. So, I tried to find more on these people as well. And I find out there's a census record of Ruth Taylor Polk, like, ten years later. Living with her brother-in-law. And I believe there's a kid somewhere.
1: So she obviously survived.
0: She survived, but he doesn't survive. Uh, He dies, like, within the the 10 years. Because she's living with her brother-in-law. And I can't for the life of me remember how he died or what. I was looking for the death certificate. But I saw somewhere that there was something about either a record of it in the census or something about Joseph Polk. And being that age, around, you know, around that age, dying. So I don't think it was from this particular in- instance. I think it was something else. Um, but yeah, so. And it doesn't even tell you if she ever was even paralyzed. So I'm like, god damn it. So again, another little side story of bride and bandit near death. She didn't die. A blip on the screen. Yeah, she didn't die. So, I mean, she died at some point, but not then. So then I have this one. This one's kind of sad. This one made me sad. I was like, aw. All right, this is also March 5th.
1: All this shit's going down on the same day. Is, is, is that, was there like an eclipse?
0: I don't know. They're not in the same towns, which no, is what's crazy. I know. Could it be an eclipse? De- freaking! it's Detroit, Cleveland. If you believe, if you believe in such things. Detroit, Cleveland, and Chicago so far. And now I'm going to Rochester. Okay. So, the headline goes, Rochester man kills his wife and then takes his own life. Another one. This made me sad. This one, I don't, I I feel bad. It says, brooding over incurable stomach ailment. Bodies found by daughter. Rochester, on March 3rd, brooding over an incurable stomach ailment is thought to be the reason which prompted George Burnham of this city to kill his wife and then take his own life early Sunday. The body of Mrs. Burnham was found with their skull smashed in while the body of her husband with the head blown off was found in the basement of the home by a daughter and her husband who had come over on Sunday to visit her parents. And then it says, kill self with shotgun. Officials are of the belief that Burnham killed his wife with a hammer and then shot himself with a shotgun. The gun was found beside the body of the suicide. A hammer with blood stains was found in the kitchen sink where it appears that Burnham attempted to wash off the stains after hammering his wife to death.
1: So, murder-suicide?
0: Yeah had incurable ailments. Burnham, who formerly lived in Plainview, was a retired farmer and considered wealthy. Recently, he was told by a physician that he was suffering from an incurable stomach ailment and probably would not live many years. It is thought that this led to his brooding, which culminated in the tragedy. Mrs. Burnham was 52 and her husband was 62.
1: So, she's not... Because for a minute I thought it's one of these, uh, you know... Dr. Kevorkian, where he kills her because she's sick, right. and then, of course, kills himself because, of course, he's killed her and you know, right. whatever, but not Dr. Kevorkian. This was... He's he dying... Bashed her head in. He's dying of a stomach ailment, so which... why we, does he have to kill her?
0: I don't know. I mean, well, that's the sad part. That, that's what I thought was so sad. I'm like, did these people... Like, they're farmers, right? That's... They said they were farmers. So, usually, you're pretty tight with your spouse, when you're a farmer, because you have to work the land together, yeah, well, right? Yeah. Why did
1: he have to smash her head? In? Well,
0: that's 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 where <laughs> I'm that's where I'm sad. That's, I'm
1: I'm sorry. I I don't I don't get the connection because. Well, that's
0: where I'm sad because I'm like, did they have a conversation? You know. But
1: he could have shot her, and like but maybe one she shot, didn't. But maybe she didn't
0: want to smash her head. Well, in. you could hit somebody in the head so hard one time that you fucking put them out, and they don't realize after the second Still, time you hit them. No. Maybe she didn't want to be shot in the face. I no. mean, he shot himself in the head, right? Well, that's so. I don't know. I.
1: Whatever he wanted to do to himself, I get.
0: But that's, that's why I feel sad. I don't know if they planned this together. Like, it made me... Well, first of all, when I think stomach ailment and I think, 1928...
1: Probably pancreatic cancer. That's exactly what I'm
0: thinking. I'm thinking, like, a stomach cancer, some kind of pancreatic cancer, like... And and then they're saying he could not live many years. I don't... I mean, how bad could this possibly have been? There's the phone again, people. Um... So I don't know how, I don't know how bad it could have been for him, but I don't know if he did it to himself or, I mean, did it to himself, I'm sorry. I don't know if they talked about it and he did it to her because she didn't want to be shot. Well, we
1: can speculate
0: till the cows come home. It, I, th- that's what, see, again, there's nothing here. It's just, he had a stomach ailment, it was incurable, and he, they found him, his wife hammered to death and him shot I, in the I, head.
1: I get it that he might have been, I get that he might have been depressed. And, and he would kill himself because, I mean, that can happen, but I'm just, I'm just wondering why he had to, but again, we speculate.
0: That's why it makes me sad because I'm like, well, what if they had a conversation? And then I felt even worse. I'm like, oh, son of a bitch that their daughter found them and their son-in-law. It's like,
1: ah. Yeah, oh. A lot of people that, um, unfortunately, um, that do that, um, they, they don't think, um, and I guess that's not on their priority list. To think about who's no who we did, know
0: that in our own personal life my who, best friend did it uh, you know they, they and his mother found him
1: and yeah and, and we, I'm
0: sure that's not a fun memory in her mind ever for the rest of unfortunately, her
1: life. they don't they don't I don't think they think that far I think it's it's a question of a lot of times just I don't think I don't want to be in, in in any kind of pain anymore I don't want to think about it anymore and personally if
0: I have to talk about Steve he didn't he didn't think about I don't think he thought about it I just think he thought about getting it over with and that was it but you know, I, again, I, I have no idea what these poor people did, but they, they should have thought a little bit better about their daughter finding them, for Christ's sake. I mean, they knew she was coming over to eat on Sunday. But
1: that's what we're saying, is that most times, people who commit suicide do not—I don't, I, I don't want to say they don't care who finds them, but I don't think they think it all the way through— I don't think they they. Sometimes
0: w- I guess they do, but not always.
1: You know what? I think people that uh, and again I I you know I'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination. We've we've had somebody in in, in our inner circle, like you said, you mentioned Steve of having, uh, committed suicide, and it's it's not a subject that I'm very comfortable with. But I I think a lot of times, again because I don't think of doing that that. I think it all the way through and go, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm uh, step number two was, and then when I'm gone, this is what yes, happens gone this. I'm gone, but what happens? And I think that's maybe what, what stops a lot of us from actually taking that final step and saying, okay, I, I can't, I can't deal with, you know, uh, financial problems in my life, emotional problems in my life. And I think we, we, we take it to that next step where we say, you know, okay, somebody's going to find my body, and do I want that family member to, you know, or friend or whatever to find me? Uh, You know, that's unfortunately tragic. It's bad enough to find a family member who's passed away of a medical reason, and you know, they just, uh, you know, you find them, but for someone to take their own life, and sometimes I find that's very selfish, but again, um, I'm not Not an expert. I only think of it in my own terms, and uh, yeah. Oh, it's a little bit selfish. It it uh, look. I think
0: I I think as as the person who had to deal with the aftermath of my best friend doing it, it's selfish because there are questions even now.
1: We don't know their pain though. That's that's no. I I we don't know their pain. We I'm okay with we don't understand that kind of pain because otherwise we'd all be committing suicide. But I'm just saying we don't understand. I'm okay with dealing
0: with that, that he was in pain. I'm just not okay with dealing with the questions, which still exist after so many years. But again, this poor girl, uh, whoever their daughter is, she obviously, and again, I didn't research her. I didn't really want to bother her because I was like, well, she may not be alive, but her her kids, if she had any, are alive. And I don't really want to. Look these people up and be like, hey, uh, can I talk to you about uh, your grandparents, your grandfather killing your grandma and then killing himself? I mean, that's not a conversation you have with to people. To me,
1: I think that we already have enough with the, uh, you know, um, sensationalism sometimes of, of, you know, some of these, these people that kill their family members or whatever. And, and I think, unfortunately, a lot of times, uh, you know, family members pay. Pay the price of the paparazzo and, and salacious garbage.
0: Well, we were just seeing it yesterday. My mother and I yesterday watched... What is it called again, Mom? The Murder in My Family? Murder in My... What is it called?
1: Yeah, uh, I think it was called Murder in My Family. It's the um, the sister of uh, John Wayne Gacy. And, um,
0: feel bad for this lady. This
1: is 40 years later. I mean, this is like four decades later. And there's still she's still trying to find a way to um, apologize to the family members she, of, of the 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 men that her brother killed and she didn't do anything and but that's but unfortunately and that's the worst
0: part she's our whole life has been shattered by
1: if you're a person with a uh, conscience if you're a person with a conscience um, you have to feel for these people if you're not you know a nut job um, y- you have to feel. I mean, you could see the pain in her face. It's it's like four decades later. We're talking forty years that this person, you know, recognizes the fact that her brother was one of the most prolific uh, serial killers, fucking and, monster. And she, you know, and of course he's gone. You know, but he, she
0: still loves him and you feel bad because she's also got that conflict too, right? She hates that she loves him. Well, and you're a, like, how do you not love him? He's your brother. Like, you had such good times with him. You didn't even want to believe that this was reality. And but it's, it's like, the
1: same thing with the daughter of uh, BTK. It's the same thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, you he, know, was, he was a good dad to her. So it's it like, how like, do you not love your dad?
1: All she, all she you know, she remembered until the day that the the cops came to her door was... You know, he's my dad. He took care of me. He loved me. He's great. We would go fishing. He was great. I didn't... The only time she apparently ever saw anything strange about him was one time when he got angry with, I believe, the brother. And, um, you know, for her, it was... I mean, it's it's got to be mind-blowing, you know, for somebody to come to your door and basically say, well, your father is... is a monster. A monster. And you, you try to you know put it on a on a scale and go my dad who was good to me blah 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 and then there's this other man who I don't know anything about I I don't recognize this person I don't know anything about this person and you have to and you have to live with that so unfortunately that's uh, why I feel bad for this girl like that's why it made me feel bad
0: I'm like hopefully these people had a conversation about their murder suicide and it was like a mutual thing and not and they left, like, some kind of note or something for their daughter, and it wasn't just like, yeah, oh, now this daughter finds this horrific scene in the house, and she's like, oh, shit, my father's a murderer, and he killed my mother, as opposed to, like, this was a mutual thing where they chose to do and, this together. And again, the, We'll the, never know.
1: That that small paragraph... You'll never know. ...is, is you know... Um, like, like we said, it's a blip on the screen. Yep. And for them, for their family, of course, it's not a blip on the screen. Right. But for the Newsday, that was a blip on the screen. Yeah. It was, just like, that's all it was. Just
0: like this next one, which is not about murder. It's just a sick one. <laughs> oh, well. It's just fucking sick. It's from three days after that. It's March 8th, 1928. And it's I, I saw it and I was like, I don't understand. When I read the title, I had to read the story. And then when I read the story, I understood. And I said, oh, fuck. All right. So. The title reads, Stepfather of Child, M- Stepfather of Child Mother, comma, Fails Provide. So that's the title. And I was like, I don't understand. So, Michigan City, March 8th. William House, 52, living on the Johnson Road south of this city, was Wednesday sentenced to a term of 5 to 21 years in the state prison by Judge J.C. Richter in the circuit court in La Porte where he pleaded guilty to charges of seduction of his 12-year-old adopted daughter and being the father of her child. Oh, yes!
1: major gross.
0: Yes. House was given the stiff sentence... Stiff sentence. I, I, son I, of I, a bitch. I'd
1: give him a stiffy, all right. <laughs> when, he,
0: when he refused to sell his farm south of the city in order to make it possible for his adopted daughter to get $1,000 for her support. House... So, he refused to sell his farm... But he's okay with fucking his daughter and impregnating her. But now he's not going to sell his farm to come up with the bucks to take care of her support. Piece of shit. So, (sighs) House was arrested following months of investigation by Mrs. Lillian Hendricks, county probation officer. Thank God for Mrs. Lillian fucking Hendricks, who basically, seriously, she investigated this piece of shit for months. She knew something was up. The two children, the girl in this case and her brother, were adopted by Mr. and Mrs. House. Two years ago, Mrs. House died suddenly. Mm. Oh, oh, that's
1: a red flag.
0: And until recently, Mr. House had been caring for the girl. Last year, House Wait, 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 wait.
1: He was caring for the girl. What about the little boy? Right. It doesn't
0: even say anything about the boy. Uh That's what pisses me off. It's like, wait, wait. Ah, All right. So, last year... House took his adopted daughter to Kansas City, and that's where it ended for me. That's where I was like, oh, Kansas City? Really? Yeah? It's like, all right. It, for people who don't know, I used to work also in the adoption uh, reunification industry, and there used to be a train. You can read about it. There's books about it. You can look at it online. I'm not going to go deep into detail about it because it's, it's, a, it's a whole fucking three episodes long type of thing if you want to do something on that. There was a train that used to, like, go from either side of the coast from the United States, so East Coast, West Coast, and they used to kind of meet in the middle in the Kansas, Missouri area. And they used to basically take young, teenage, pregnant girls, and they used to dump them on these trains, and you would go, quote-unquote, visit your aunt for the summer, or, you know, you, you were a delinquent, and you would be shipped off, and then you'd come back. But you'd come back and you wouldn't be pregnant and you would most likely have done hard labor, had your baby stripped away from you, you would have been abused, you would have been beaten, and then you get dumped back on the train and sent back to your family. So that's what happened. So when I saw Kansas City, I'm like, oh Jesus Christ, what did they do to this girl? So yeah, last year, House took his adopted uh, girl to Kansas City, telling neighbors and friends that she was afflicted with a serious ailment, again, these bullshit stories they used to tell, and that he would place her in a sanitarium and later in the care of an aunt, yeah. So what he did was
1: a famous he story.
0: shipped her off, either on the baby train or took her himself, and basically made up a bullshit story. And it is alleged that the baby was born in March of 1927. Excuse me. So he made up a bullshit story to cover up his pedophilia and his raping of his stepchild, of his adopted child, I should say, and uh, the birth of his actual child. He's a piece of shit. I couldn't find anything on William House, his ex Mrs. House. I was trying to figure out if he killed her.
1: Can See, we can can we burn that story?
0: It seems like she
1: like literally like just set. I feel set so it bad a, because set it on a bonfire.
0: First of all, I feel bad because she's twelve and was being raped by her fucking adoptive father, and God knows she had been dead for two years, right? She's twelve when this is happening, so God knows if this was happening when she was ten. We know nothing about the child. We know nothing about what happened to her because it doesn't say her name. I can't find the houses, because it doesn't say Mrs. House's name, so it just says William House, and there's too many houses that come up in the in the records for some reason, and I can't find him.
1: And that, the, the the death of his wife two years previous under, well, it doesn't say. Under it doesn't system.
0: say under mysterious circumstances, so but, uh, she may uh, but have just uh, died of something and God knows what in 1928. Yeah, but again. Again, you, tuberculosis, who the fuck knows? Rat poison. I, yeah, but, I mean, we don't know. I can't find the death certificate. So if I find it, I'll, I'll pr- bring it up as, a, as an update. Um, but yeah, so this guy was raping his fucking adopted daughter. I found that in the newspaper. I'm like, this is awesome. Um, and I'm obviously being fucking sarcastic. Uh, all right, this one was fun. <laughs> this is, the date on this is March 5th, 1928. I only got this one and one more. So it says, uh, Crazed man of 70 shoots his wife near church.
1: Well, of course, there's got to be a church involved. Yeah.
0: Chris A. Hampton of Kansas City, Missouri, the estranged husband. Uh, churchgoers thrown into a panic when he fires six shots. <laughs> well, So this is awesome. You
1: have to make sure.
0: Yep, pretty much, yeah. Kansas City, Missouri, March 5th. First degree murder charges probably will be filed today against Chris C. Hampton. 70-year-old estranged husband whose Sunday shot and killed his wife and wounded two others. The shooting occurred in front of the First Church of Christ, while Hampton's wife and her son-in-law and daughter, Mr. and Mrs. Paul A. Hutchins, were about to step into their automobile after attending church. Churchgoers were thrown into a panic when a half a dozen shots from Hampton's pistol broke the Sabbath quiet. Quote, they treated me awfully dirty, and I wanted to kill all three of them, Hampton told police, who arrested him after the shooting. Mrs. Flora E. Hampton, 65, the crazed man's wife from whom he had been separated for two months, was fatally wounded as she was about to enter I'm sorry, enter Hutchins motor car. She was shot once, the bullet lodging at the base of her brain. She died before aid could be summoned. After killing his wife, Hamptons shot Hutchins five times, and her husband once, when he attempted my God, attempted to get control of the gun. Mrs. Hutchins' condition was reported critical at the hospital where she was taken. Her husband's condition is not serious. Hampton was overpowered by a uh, patrolman and taken to police headquarters where he admitted he had been drinking. Well, that helps. Guns and booze. He said he had suffered ill treatment at the hands of his wife and relatives and wanted to kill them all. He decided to kill them when he learned his wife had uh, had filed suit for divorce and when Mrs. Hutchins scolded him... For his failure to support his wife. You ain't a man's man. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what he got told by his, uh, I guess, stepdaughter. Um, yeah. You are not taking care of my mother properly. And uh, she filed for divorce and he got a little bit tipsy and uh, got a gun and went to church. That's what I said.
1: Church, guns, booze. <sighs> it guns. just a, a trifecta. A trifecta. I'll never understand these people. I really don't. Well, I don't. I mean, I understand that when you start mixing booze <laughs> and guns, not a good thing. Nope. Not a good thing. Nope. And my
0: last story is from March 9th, 1928, and this is about a lady named Anna Horning. And I'll show you the picture in a second, Mom, but there is a picture. And it says, a bitter, a bitter parental quarrel ending in the fatal shooting of their father was the tragic Chicago drama witnessed by these three children of Mrs. Anna Horning, confessed murderess, shown here with her fatherless youngsters. Finally, a man gets shot. Yay! Yeah, like Joseph Fiore, 12-year-old, killing his dad. Yeah. There you go. Children see mother kill dad is the top. And here, now, before I continue with the story, I'll let you see the photo. There are the boys and their mother.
1: She's shut up. Oh, she's actually a lovely-looking lady. Wow. Shown here with her fatherless youngsters. Well, what did he do? (laughs) What did he do? That's a good question, Mom.
0: (laughs) What did he do? That's a good question. So, little newspaper or blurb. Woman shoots her husband as the three children watch. Jesus. And it says... Chicago, March 5th, in the presence of her three sons, Mrs. Anna Horning shot and killed her husband when he attempted to beat her. Wow. (laughs) There we go. So, uh, the husband, George, 44 years old, came home intoxicated. There we go again. There we go again, right? Guns and booze. She told the police, and when he attempted to abuse her, she rushed into the bedroom for the revolver and shot him three times. Wow. Straight up. There you go. The sons are George Jr., 17, Edward, 12, and John, 10. They saw the slaying. So, unfortunately, they witnessed that, what they did. I'm not really sure, because it doesn't really say. The blurb is really teeny. And then I have another one. Woman kills her husband before three, freed by the jury. Mrs. Anna Horning. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So, it says, eight. 344 South Throop Street shot and killed her husband with a mail order pistol. A mail order pistol, people! Did you hear what I just fucking said? They ordered it through the
1: mail. Mail
0: order pistol, which she purchased more than a year ago for that purpose Sunday. It's like Hello Fresh, but with guns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the act was committed while her three children looked on. She then called the police and informed them of the murder. Mrs. H- Horning told how the dead man abused her previous to the shooting and said that she pointed the gun at him and told him to stop and that she was so terrified that she pulled the trigger twice before she knew what had happened.
1: And this is before The Burning Bed. You remember the movie? Yep. With Farrah Fawcett? This is in 1928. This is well before I'm that. just saying, that's The Burning Bed. Mm-hmm. That's like enough already? You're, you're beating me? I'm no? done. I, I'm done with that. Too late. I'm done with that crap.
0: A coroner's jury exonerated Mrs. Horning. Ha! Finding that her act was committed in self-defense. There you go. And... One for the good guys. then it says... In another little blurb... It's basically the same. Uh, but then I find... So, her sons, again, are like 17, 12, and what? 17, 12, and 10, right? So, I'm like, well, what happened to these people? So, I find an article... Um, that when I, well, actually I have to pull it up because it went away, but, um, when I pull it up, it says that her children, there are the only three, but one of them doesn't go by John. John goes by like something else. He goes by Glenn. Um, that's weird. Yeah. So, I mean, John is named close like to James or something. So, wow. Because I look up the census records for them, right? hmm And it says, George Horning is the father. Okay. He was 44. And then there's George Jr. And uh, what the hell are also their names? George. George, Edward, and John. So I find George Horning. And it says, George Horning, death. 1928, age 43. It's the father. Okay. And we're still doing that March date, which is uncanny. Yeah. He died, this says the 4th of March, and it's in Chicago. And it says 43 years old, not 44, so the newspaper could have been wrong. And then it says Occupation occupation Switchman, uh, which I believe was for the... Yes, I think it's for the, wasn't it for the trains? Something like that. I don't know. I'll have to look that up. And if we're wrong, tell us. I don't know. Um, and then it says father's name, John Horning. And then, but the wife's name, spouse, Anna Horning. So I'm like, okay, so that's, that's his death, his death certificate. Perfect. Wonderful. So that's the dead guy who was abusing his wife. Then I find another one that says George Horning. And when you scroll down, it says wife, Anna Brunke, which is Anna Horning. And then it says name Glenn Horning. They don't have a son named Glenn. Well, it's John Glenn. Ah. So I see it says he was, he died December 1978 at 67 years old. And he was a retired elevator operator. And he died in Illinois. And he was married to a lady named Hildegard Menti. So, or Ment. So one of his kids, I found, He lived until the year I was basically born and died right before Christmas 1978 at the age of 67. Then I found basically the same thing for him, but he's the only kid that I can find. I can't really find any other kids. I find Glenn Horning in a census and it says uh, at the bottom that he lives in the house with Anna Horning. ...who at that time is 52... ...this is the 1940 census... ...she's 52... ...Glenn Horning, which is John... ...is 29... ...it doesn't say William... ...it says Will- Williard... ...but I, th- I think they made a mistake... ...he's 24... ...and Leonard, which I think is George Jr. ...is 22... ...this doesn't make any sense... ...so... I, ...but all the... ...there are kids here... ...so... ...they're all still alive... ...she's still alive at the age of 52... So, that's all I could find on them. And those are my little short stories to share with you today, Mother.
1: All right. And that is episode two.
0: And um, episode do we
1: want to give it a shout-out to someone, um, our Canadian friends? Since,
0: uh, oh, yeah, I forgot. I want to tell people that. Oh, my God. Thanks, Ma. You, remember, you reminded me. So, one thing about the podcast is that right now my mother and I are able to do this in the same room. Because she is here in Florida where I live on vacation but she leaves in less than a week and I had a way for us to record uh, through an app but that has been malfunctioning and I've been going back and forth with the developer so mom actually lives in Montreal and we're gonna probably have to record a few episodes and then kind of go on a hiatus until I can figure out how to tape it so yeah we want to say hi to the Canadian peeps who know that we're doing this hello mes amis do you want to do your tata, what is it tata clack tata clack no i don't <laughs> because it's very embarrassing one day i'll do it but the listeners don't know what that is yet but they'll know soon enough um so yeah i'm gonna have to figure out how to do the podcast from montreal to florida but it will happen because i've got tons of stories to tell mom so we will figure it out But for now, uh, I will absolutely get the social media up and running before we record again so that I can give it to you guys and you guys can start emailing us if you want. So I hope you guys have a good time.
1: Say bye, Ma. Bye.